Hey, good hey. evening. How are you? I'm doing all right, sir. Thanks for joining me. Sorry about the confusion earlier. I hope I didn't. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Sorry. Uh, sorry for, again, the, the confusion. I don't know why I didn't think of that. As, as soon as, like, right before you mentioned that, I went and looked through the uh, the chat just to see if I had thought of it at the wrong time. And when I saw the language, I was like, I know exactly what's happened here. Uh, yeah, yeah. But thank you so much for joining me. I, I will mention that your audio sounds a little bit strange in my ear. I don't know if that will be a problem. It sounds like a little bit kind of echoey in some way. Uh, if it kind of becomes crazier, I might mention it just so we, yeah, everyone can. If it becomes a problem, okay. At, at the moment, it sounds okay. Just I, I do, I do. I'll, I'll mention it though because I want people to hear what you say. Obviously, um, okay. so I, I'll do my my quick little uh, pitch for the conversation, and then and then we can dive in. But you know, the point yeah. of the conversation is for myself and anyone who may listen to learn from the insight of an experienced artist and to uh, relish in the curiosity and celebration of a fascinating person who artists tend to be. Uh, so with that being said, and, and if you don't have any first order business that you want to uh, pitch out, I can just start volleying you questions. Go for it. Okay, sure. So the first question is, can you tell me about your parents? Um, yeah, so I, um, I was born here in Los Angeles, and I grew up kind of both on the East Coast in Maryland and then eventually moved to Northern California. And um, my mom, my mom is, um, she was a painter, actually, when I was a child. And she would paint glassware. Huh. And split, um, through like um, boutique shops and stuff. Okay. Um, and, uh, and my dad is a music teacher. Okay. When you say glassware, is that like, 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 like uh, plates and 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 wine glasses and things like that? And she would do these elaborate paintings on them, and then sell them as sets. Interesting. Uh, was yeah. she kind of a hobbyist, or was she was she fairly serious? Uh, very much. She was very much a hobbyist. But then okay. it became, um, you know, uh, when I was little, she was like a stay at home mom, <laughs> and it became a thing that she started doing. Um, it's funny, she hasn't done that in a long time, um, but it was a significant part of her life mm -hmm. through my childhood until I was like a young teenager. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I even forget that she was an artist. Interesting. Yeah. My, my, my mother um, painted as well, and she actually painted like rocks, like large flat rocks. And I guess that was kind of something that was a bit more in vogue in like maybe the 70s and 80s. Like I was born in 91. So a lot of this took place before I was even born. But growing up as a young kid in the house, there were still some of these left around. And she was, I mean, when she was in her stride, you know, quite a a competent painter, but I never really got to do, do the, see that at all. She, she really did not paint at all uh, after I was born, but I mean, yeah, she, she definitely, uh, it, it sounds like it not, not exactly the same as your mother, but a little bit yeah. similar. Cause I mean, she would like take them to different shops or whatnot and sell these kind of ornate nature scenes on, on flat rocks. Wow. That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, so you said you bounced from LA to Maryland. Well, so um, when I, uh, not long after I was born, my parents moved to Maryland mm. uh, in a small town called Salisbury, Okay, uh, where my dad still lives. And oh. um, 
And then my parents split up when I was 12. And my mom is from here in California. She was uh, raised in Northern California. So we moved back. Um, my mom and my brother and I moved here to California. And then um, after high school to go to, I actually studied music. So I, um, I moved down here to Los Angeles after that. Um, but my mom still lives up in Northern California. It, when you went to Maryland, was that your father teaching? Yeah, my dad teaches music and he still does. Um, he kind of does it part time now, now that he's um, semi-retired post-COVID. Mm -hmm. But um, my dad actually uh, uh, in his youth was a great artist as well, but it's never something that he he um, tried very hard. I don't know. Mm -hmm. He didn't. Um, I've only seen a couple pieces that he's done hmm. and they were, they were great. It was interesting that it's something that he was just so natural at and then cared none to, um, <laughs> yeah. to but, but he, he was a painter or, they, or he, he dabbled in yeah, painting. I saw a few drawings that he did. Drawings, huh? uh, great drawings. I, I, mean, I, I suppose if you're a music teacher and you think about music, um in that kind of uh I, I i mean i mean there's obviously this kind of creative natural dimension to it but i think if you're a music teacher maybe and you look at it like um almost like a form of math or something like that maybe he just took it way more seriously he was like drawing us for our children i i study music which is like a science you know like i would imagine yeah. there's um, yeah and i also think I think if your brain is working that way, I don't know. I mean, if your brain is working that way, because uh, I like to think that I could, I, I've gravitated towards music, I've gravitated towards art, mm -hmm. but I also think that if there, if I, if I just decided I'm going to be a chef, mm -hmm. I could be equally as happy. Mm -hmm. Because I think that there's a self-expression there mm -hmm. that I just feel natural in certain expressions. But yeah. um, I think if if that's kind of if that's kind of the way your brain is working, where you're just like, I want to express myself, period. Then you know, then then the the ability will meet the ability your your skill level will sort of creep up over time, but the the what you're trying to do was always there. Yeah, I, I I do I do know what you mean. I feel like I've not dabbled in enough to have something particularly interesting to say from that prompt, but uh, I do know exactly what you mean. And um, uh, the the last couple jobs I've had uh, during the hiring process, I always pitch myself as a generalist, and, and I always am just like you know I'll try really hard. I have a fairly out of the box approach to certain things, and it doesn't really matter exactly what the um, what the what the prompt or the mode is like I'll, I'll figure it out and you know just the things that kind of help me be good at one thing will will engage in in this new uh practice um what's it look like to be a music teacher like what what does does he what does he play so he plays guitar and okay. he plays bass um he's an incredible musician and um he has taught private lessons um for my whole life really mm -hmm. um he taught me how to play guitar and it became 
a huge part of my life and it became um a, a way that I bond with not only him but my mm -hmm. brother and so many other people in my life is because we connect over creativity essentially yeah that that's really interesting my father um speaks uh a type of broken english essentially and uh as i've grown older i've become so aware of our trouble interfacing we have a good relationship but we have trouble interfacing because we don't share a common language and it must be fascinating to share a secondary language like music with your f father and brother and it's also it's a much more kind of a carnal language you know it's it's different from just you know english or something like that so it must be uh quite a blessing to be able to express yourself uh in in, in a different way that like that yeah i mean it's like both music and art are things that you can you'll never stop talking about mm -hmm. you'll never be like well i said everything there is to say about <laughs> it. there's always something else to talk to say yeah that's true yeah that, that, that would be pretty it would be I would, I would like to meet the person who who could give it to me in one spiel and be like and that's that's that? music <laughs> i've just did it i recapped <laughs> it for you um uh what was i gonna um so uh just just on on a small note who who would your who is like uh you know it's particularly your father and, and you as well being people who have spent so much time uh thinking about music but particularly guitar who are some artists that kind of come to mind i'm sure there's probably some names that everyone knows but those folks and then maybe someone slightly more obscure that i should be listening to um more obscure that you should be listening to okay so i guess like um some of my this is i, I don't know it, it depends on where you're from that you might consider this obscure my one of my favorite guitar players is john squire he's the guitar player of the stone roses okay is wildly popular in some parts of the world but not so much in america unless you're into like uh just like you know rip hop and um i just think that his playing has been really formative was was really impressionable on on, on me in like a really formative time in my life when and um it just really shaped the way i i played really mm -hmm. melodic um again not super i mean Johnny Marr was probably one of the most influential guitar players for me. Um, and and what's interesting now, what's interesting about both those guitar players are that they are coming from one guitar bands. Mm -hmm. Bands where they're covering a lot of sonic ground with just one guitar and a bass player. Um, and I feel like that's a really freeing thing because uh, you're trying to do a lot, but then being able to, but then they did it. They did. They, they definitely layered things in recordings, but just to have that space. Mm -hmm. I, I would say is probably really inspiring. So you know? I, 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 I am, I'm not going to be as, as fluent and I, I'm pretty, I have a good memory, but I'm awful with names. Is, am I right? Does Johnny Marr, did he play for the Smiths? 
Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Then does he now? I'm curious that you that you say that. Does Johnny Marr? I assume has played for many popular bands. Has he always been a soul guitarist, or has he ever been paired with other guitars that play his same role? Oh, he um, he played in the Pretenders for a mm -hmm. while, um, and he also played in Modest Mouse for a while. Okay. Um, which is a big band. Yeah. Lots of people in that band. Mm -hmm. um, and then I believe he plays with another guitar player in his solo in his solo career. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know when you sit down with the guitar by itself, and then you go, okay, like how am I gonna how do I make this interesting alone? Yeah. Um, and then if that's your jumping off point, I think that's probably why these two guitar players are writing such interesting music. Just sitting down mm -hmm. there, going to do something, and I've got to figure out how to make this cool without anybody else. And then anything built upon that becomes, you know, sort of ideally even better. Yeah. Yeah. My, my apologies. My dog is going ballistic. My girlfriend yeah. just came into the building. And so he's going to do that for a second. Um, yeah, that that's that's really fascinating. I mean, like I've not even really, I think, really ever thought about that exactly about how um, being alone can influence someone's art i mean like i i definitely know there's there's a really interesting emergence from collaboration i don't find myself actually enjoying collaboration too much i definitely don't collaborate create uh creatively ever in my or, or i guess creatively in like um a really kind of superficial way like in painting or i i, I own some guitars but i don't really play very well or anything but I, i've never played music with folks or anything like that in work you know i have to do some creative things and there's a collaborative element but uh but yeah, that, that's that's really interesting to think about being kind of an island in that way and, and having again like but both both the liberty but the um the obligation uh to, to design being, so much. Writing music and then it's inherently a collaboration. You bring it to other people and like you can try and relay your vision for something and then ultimately sometimes people just go, I, I don't know, like I really want to do it like this. And then so mm -hmm. it it always it always drifts a little bit regardless yeah. of what you were thinking. Or sometimes the idea that you had doesn't translate as well once you start including other people. Yeah. But one of the reasons that I in recent times am gravitating towards painting so much is because it is not collaborative at all. Mm -hmm. I don't have to compromise with anybody on anything, which hasn't been like a point of like hasn't been like a strenuous relationship in music for me. Mm -hmm. Or just to sit down and go, I don't really have to think about what anybody else wants out of this mm -hmm. is a contrast inherently to what my life in music is. And, yeah. and that, that's a relief. And yeah. if it doesn't do what I'm looking for, it's my responsibility to figure it out. Mm -hmm. and somebody didn't like i don't know i don't really like the drums on that one like that's not what am i you know and then you can't there's only so much you can do because can't make somebody play something another way yeah that's really interesting i, I promise we'll eventually get towards to painting but it, it's fascinating what, what you're talking about music just because i again i've never played music collectively ever before in my life however i love music uh, you know, I listen to a heap of things and, and something that 
you know, every now and then when you hear a band, it particularly, I mean, like, you know, you, you'll, you'll watch YouTube. I'm sure being a person who's grown up around music, you see it a lot with your own eyes. But, you know, you see collaboration and you see that um, that kind of that hologram or that um, synchronicity between people. And, and when I see that, I'm always like, how what is this process? Like, how does this product emerge from a group of people? Can you speak, I guess, just to a minute about what a process like that looks like when you get multiple musicians in one space and you say, there's nothing here yet. You know, the board is white, but we want to have this, again, mutually produced product on the other end of it what's that like so like different you know bands or or creative you know groups can you know collaborate in different ways i don't think it's super constructive to go into a room empty-handed mm -hmm. and it's in my opinion that somebody is saying like here's a little thing here's a here's a start of something that i've got let's see if we can elaborate on it okay. um, and then like i said you have a vision for something but then somebody starts doing something you go hey that's actually like that's pretty cool mm -hmm. that's not what i was thinking there but that's a cool idea mm -hmm. uh, there's a chemistry because you're constantly reacting in when you sit, sit in a circle whether you're writing a song with a couple of guitars and 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 just you know humming melodies or you're in a room with you know a whole room of equipment regardless you're reacting in real time to something that's happening mm -hmm. somebody does something or hums a little melody or plays something a certain way and you go you have to you have to adapt to to that situation mm. what you just heard or what you're hearing in that moment so it also makes you play a certain way based on the way you're hearing other people play that is what i think is a great chemistry and what I think that makes a great musician in general is somebody who can react appropriately to the things that they're hearing back from the people around them yeah. they can as a puzzle piece inside of the rest of the puzzle pieces and mm -hmm. not just the way I do it and you better figure out how to make me sound good yeah. you know um and I just feel like uh when you hear bands that have that that are doing it really well, there's just a really uh, there's a synergy, there's a chemistry that everybody is reacting appropriately to the to what they're hearing. Everyone else do. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. I mean, again, it's it's not something I've ever been privy to or seen exactly how that process works. But you know, I guess uh, you know, a, a, a band is this little community of um, they're familiar. They're uh, knowledgeable, they're type of, um, they're like, uh, they're curators in a way. They come yeah. to the table with their own memes. Someone spitballs a meme. They act yeah. as a tiny microcosm of a larger audience. Someone hears it, they improvise and they go, this is what this organically makes me think of X, Y, Z. And then the next person goes, well, I really liked Y. And then it just starts this chain reaction and it, it all yeah. comes together. That, that's awesome. really but that's it really... is a it is a developed skill to be able to sort of lean into that chemistry because you can be a great musician sitting on your bed playing along to a backing track on YouTube and you can be really great at that. Mm -hmm. But there's no vulnerability in that. Mm -hmm. There's no um danger mm -hmm. in in like 
anything can happen in this moment. That's really, that's, it's very interesting for you to, for you to say that specifically only because from, from me and, and maybe I don't see what's going on behind the curtain, but something that I really like about particular types of music is when I hear it and I feel like this person originally cried this song by themselves in their yeah. bedroom, you know, and, and that is like a kind of, when I hear it, I go, this is only coming from one artist. Uh, but, but it is, it's interesting to hear you say that and, and to say it's definitely a different ball of wax entirely. Someone's, conf someone's soul confessional versus again, a product of collaboration or something like that. It's yeah. It's also like, we have like anything can read anything at any point can redirect a piece of work. Mm. And that goes for, any sort of a painting, a, a, a book, a story, or anything, any sort of new thing that intercepts something can all of a sudden redirect the whole thing and go, you know, we need to like go back to the drawing board on this because this new idea mm -hmm. is awesome. Yeah. Um, when you, when you're writing, are you writing just music via guitar or do you also write lyrics? Um, I have written lyrics. The, the, sort of the the system that that I have right now I'm working on a record I'm actually going to be in New York in um next month mm -hmm. to to do it about the second half of it but um the system that we have right now is kind of I um or um the singer of the band that I'm in dear boy um either have something, I have something to start with and then we bring it to mm -hmm. the rest. Kind of sit in a circle with acoustic guitars. And um, and then he, we will usually develop a melody in a circle like that. And it's mm -hmm. actually, um, it's kind of a new method, but for us, but it's been working really well. It's super productive and writing songs really fast. And then he usually takes it home and writes lyrics. Mm -hmm. Is that something I think that you got to stew on for a while? Hmm. Uh, and he's uh, so uh, that's really interesting to talk about you know this kind of systematic process to trying to harness the kind of um creative chaos i suppose it, it ha and, and again i i promise we'll circle back to painting but uh i, I mean what what did you start getting serious about first my assumption is music before you got serious about painting um yes I actually, as a child, was very, was gravitated towards art and, paint and mm. drawing more. Um, but then I actually had a really discouraging experience in, in middle school. I was mm. an eighth grader. And I didn't, so I, I was in an art class. And I remember I was, I was, my teacher uh, I don't know how the best way to put this, but uh, but singled me out and let me kind of spend time working with oil paints, hmm. and and nobody else was they were uh, nobody else got to do that. And yeah, I, they were finger painting. <laughs> they isolated you. And, and I and I, I was and that was very cool. And I had mm -hmm. never worked with oil paint before. And I did this landscape. It might, it's probably still at my mom's house somewhere. And um, I did this landscape and uh, it was, it was pretty good for a 12 year old, but, mm -hmm. um, 
I remember my teacher uh, pitched me drawing or not uh, painting these uh, little flowers in the field. And mm. she kind of, what she was, what she was kind of pitching was like this little sort of ch very childish looking mm -hmm. uh, flower. We're going to draw a little line here and then we're going to go like that. Right. Mm. And like, and I kind of shut it down. I was like, I don't really see that being like a part of this. Right. Maybe a little air. Yeah. Uh, 12 years old. And she was really burned. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then that was basically over and she didn't like me. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of stopped painting and I kind of didn't really, I, and I didn't take any art classes through high school. Yeah, I didn't take any, I didn't really do any art through my early 20s. Mm. Um, and I, I don't know, I can like solely cite that one moment as like a thing mm -hmm. that just flipped the switch off for me, but um, it was really discouraging. And then in that sort of gap in my life, I really leaned into music. Mm -hmm. uh, and and for that reason, for, for this, for the reason that like sometimes music can be frustrating, but as, as a as a teenager, being able to get together with your friends and create, and then all your other friends think it's cool. Yeah, that was really exciting for me. Yeah, instead, I, instead of like hypothetically being cooped up in my dark bedroom. Uh, scribbling drawings on a notebook that ended up going the bottom of the dresser right yeah like the idea of, of you know playing in the garage with a bunch of friends and then you go play the talent show and everybody thinks you're really cool like that's much more exciting for me yeah yeah time. um so i just kind of went full steam ahead on that and then um i did dabble with oil painting a few years back which is really interesting um that i didn't uh i didn't um it was okay it was okay but um for some reason then i came back to it about a year ago hmm. and um i think that i had i i for some point it was just like uh, it was the right time in my life to really um to really explore okay so uh, and, and we'll buzz all around but just to to um touch on something are are you you've really only been rehearsing your oil painting in this most previous segment for roughly a year yeah and then before that you were just kind of really not focused on exercising this yeah not at all so one thing that is curious to me and this is something that, again, it, it's it's a bit similar. Where did your rehearsal? Where did that? Where did that? Like, was there a foundation there to allow you in one year to really accelerate your ability here? Um, I think it's a good question. I I started out about a year and a half ago i was i i started sketching again mm -hmm. it's it's interesting it's this funny thing where it's like it almost feels like this this relationship that you're like oh she's not good for me and then you, <laughs> you know, 
you know what? And then you start texting her again. You know, maybe yeah. you're texting. And next thing you know, you're back together. Um, I feel like I started sketching again, and I and it was very low pressure, mm. uh, and it was. I started to. I don't know. For the first time in my life, I started to feel like I was making art that um, that I was really excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I say this? Like um, where I wasn't going. Yeah, that's close, but that's not it. Mm-hmm. And then when I started sketching enough that I was kind of that I was that I was like, okay. I've, I kind of want to paint again. And I, and then I started doing smaller paintings and I was using acrylic again. Mm. And then I felt like I, there were, there were definitely textures in the acrylic that I hadn't, that I wasn't able to achieve, or there's textures in an oil that I wasn't able to achieve because all mm-hmm. my favorite art that I was looking at were oil paintings. Yeah. Um, and I didn't like the idea of painting with oil at first, because I felt like I was a little impatient at the time. Mm-hmm. Or what if I, I don't want to wait weeks for it to dry. I don't want to deal with, you know. And um, but then I realized that I, I guess like whatever, mm-hmm. just do it. Uh, so I started doing it, and I felt like I felt I feel like I always had the judgment, and I feel like I always had the. Um, ability to see something you go i think i know why that's not good or mm-hmm. what i about it but my ability to achieve the textures and the cohesion and and whatnot and all the things that i do like about art mm-hmm. wasn't there. and yeah. so i what i realized now is that you're you're developing all these tools along the way and you've and you're figuring out all these new textures and all these little things that are you know that, that allow your toolbox to get bigger mm-hmm. but none of that means anything if you don't trust your taste and you don't think you have good judgment you don't think you have and you don't have good taste mm-hmm. I think that I had great taste all along but I didn't know how to achieve the things that I wanted to. Yeah. And so um, spending more time with it for the first time, like really just spending time with it, I started to find those things that that I didn't know where the, how, how to achieve them yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you said you said quite a bit that makes me think about many things. The one one thing that jumps out to me immediately though is, is you're talking about the ability to judge and to be critical and to you know, one way of saying that you're able to see what is good is by saying it's glaring what is bad. And it's kind of funny because earlier when you talked about, you know, I think if I tried this or tried that, I would get good at it. You know, for me, I I haven't tried everything. I'm not good at everything, but there's been a few. I, I've had really various jobs that, that are not similar, and I've been able to kind of gain some traction at those things. And I think it's it's one of the, the uh, key skills that sounds douchey is just being very critical and things yeah. that are bad are like glaring to me. It's just yeah. like, if that is bad, you're just like, oh my God, it's reeking. Like I can, I cannot stand it. I'm very, very good at pointing at things and being like lame, bad. And again, just like you said, it's like you, you can have that um that that skill is 
is useless and will make you a horse's ass until <laughs> until you're polite and until you and what you produce until you have the capacity to actually um, do something with that critical nature and say, oh, now I can actually, you know, make an image that I like or curate an image I like or write, you know, music that I like, et cetera. None of that skill is only beneficial if you use it to figure out how to fix the things you don't like. Yeah, yeah. Painting that I've, that I've done, especially the larger ones, there was a point where I looked at it and every single one looked at it and go, this is not good. Mm -hmm. But what I do trust in myself is my problem solving skills mm -hmm. is to look at something and go, that's not good, but, and I don't know how to fix it yet. I don't know how to mm -hmm. figure this part of it out or whatever it is, but I trust that I ultimately will figure it out mm. and figure out how to make it good. Yeah. Um, another thing you said was um, about the patience of oil painting. I it's 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 pretty fascinating hearing what you're saying, but also just kind of scrolling through your Instagram and thinking of it as a timeline. Just because again, there's some familiarity for here. First off, the, your Instagram record begins in a way that I actually very much like. With I guess maybe your your most recent bout of sketching. And I like the sketching for various reasons, but one thing that I find particularly, uh, again, familiar and warm about the sketches is I, I think similar to you, I, I just started painting maybe through, getting close to three years ago, something like that. And I've been able to, again, kind of have some traction and onboarding my skills, but it was because I had this really bank, this huge bank of rehearsal as a young child, uh, my, my parents owned restaurants. And so I would sit at the restaurant with all the menu taking notebooks and blue ballpoint pens and just sketch. And so I see these sketches and I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, these are so familiar. I don't think I was sketching people that much at the time, other than like maybe like Dragon Ball Z or something, but like there's something very familiar and graphic about these and i like that they're um the, the the word rudimentary might sound you know harsh or something but i like that sometimes when you see people work with pin they try to do effects with pin that create lots of volume or contour or something like this and that this is more just an appreciation of like this is a blue ballpoint pin like <laughs> look at this sketch you know there's something very graphic about it uh which i very much like but when you talked about patience I too, when I first started painting a few years back, I, I started with acrylic and I was painting that way for not a long period of time. Maybe, I, I don't know if it was three months, something like that. Um, but I, I had the same thought process of I'm radically impatient. Any job that takes more than a sitting is annoying to me essentially. And so I didn't want to fiddle with the oil paints. I I, I know some other painters. And so they were telling me like, you should really try it because you can't, um, you know, this is the true weapon of choice. You, the things you want to do with acrylic, you have to get all sorts of medium. And, and even at that point, it might not be as as easy as it, as it would be with oil. So I got oil. It, it, you know, the first painting I painted with oil, as soon as those paints collide and start filling in the blank of your talent, you're just like, oh, my God, like, I, I definitely got to paint with this. But it was just I, I also when you when you dabble with oil, you know, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it layer over layer. You don't have to wait for forever per se, you know, and, and that's how I paint now. I, I paint kind of, I guess they call it a la prima. I paint fairly rapidly. 
it's one sitting and then it's done. And again, you can throw a medium in there to get it to dry a bit quicker. And again, the the, the waiting for it to dry is, is a pain in the ass. But I don't paint layer over layer and I don't do it so um, so tediously and time consuming. Uh, and again, so I feel like I'm getting the best of both worlds, you know, that great quality of oil paint. And I get to be as, as spontaneous and patient as I am. I don't know. I had uh, I had memories of being really annoyed that it was taking so long. And then I discovered it kind of, um, it wasn't bothering me, especially with larger paintings, because I feel mm -hmm. like you can move on and there's a, there's a, there's something else to work on here. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and then by the time I want to circle back around, you know, it is dry, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's not as frustrating to me right now. Mm -hmm. How, how when you work on a large painting, about how long do you think you're working on it or how many s set, uh, sittings? I've gotten that, when I get that question, it's a complicated answer. Mm -hmm. And the, it has nothing to do with paint or layers or drying. It has, and it has everything to do with how quickly I can figure out what I'm trying to do. Mm. And sometimes the I, I, some of my favorite paintings I've done pretty fast in in a, in two days, hmm. and I'll go. Well, I just found the thing. I found the piece, the puzzle pieces quickly, and I'm like, and I'm and I'm and I'm picturing textures and I'm picturing colors, right? And then you put it down, and sometimes you go, that's exactly what I wanted to see in my head, mm -hmm. right? And then, and cool, you found it, and then you move on. And then often you do that and you go, that is not it. That is not what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Then you try a different thing. You gotta wait for that to dry, and then you and then and then you layer something else on top of it. Or you take a or you or you approach it with a completely different texture. And then maybe that maybe that's it. Maybe it's close. Maybe it's still not it. And so I guess the answer is sometimes I've sometimes I've spent weeks on paintings and sometimes I've spent two days on paintings. Mm -hmm. And the size, it really all just comes down to like how fast I can figure out what I what I wanted to do. Yeah, the next step. When 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 you're contemplating a painting, where did the where does the painting hang out? Well, I usually just have it against the on the wall. And I mm -hmm. like the you know, I paint at home and mm -hmm. don't have a studio. Mm -hmm. And um, part of part of that, I think that is that is productive for me at least. And it, it is is the painting living amongst the painting. Mm -hmm. now, productive it can also not be productive for some people. But seeing the painting every day and you go, um, you know, that's mm -hmm. not looking at it, you know, day after day, and. And what it allows me to do sometimes is go, oh, okay. And 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 you notice the thing that you want to be to do, and you go, and there's that. Okay. Yeah. To drive downtown 30 minutes and then go, I'm clearing the day because I'm painting today. Mm -hmm. And then and then you spend all day and then you didn't it didn't do what you wanted it to do. And then you come home and you're pissed off and you're grumpy. Yeah. 
I, I, I've recently moved uh, into a home and now I do have a designated painting room, but beforehand I was painting in a fairly small apartment and all my painting supplies were just in the living room. And um, no matter what scale I was painting at, the painting was there in the living room. Uh, and so I, it was just glaring at me and I was constantly looking at it. And sometimes, you know, I mean, and, and I, I still do this now, I paint in this room, but when I'm kind of done the painting episode, I bring the painting back out into the living room and it either sits on a little easel on the coffee table or if it's bigger, I'll set it out into the room and I just look at it and it, it, it becomes obsessive and particularly at night when, you know, it's dark outside, the lighting in the house is less so, there's kind of just the glow of the TV. I'll have these paintings sitting on the coffee table and I'll just use my phone's flashlight. And I just, well, it's like every five minutes, I'm like, I have to look at this painting again and try and process what it is I'm seeing like is it done is it not done I paint uh, you know a lot of faces so I'm just like looking at these faces and I'm just like what what is wrong with this thing right now like why isn't it like punching the way I want this finished thing to punch yeah yeah I think um yeah I mean there's a lot of a lot of people talk about being able to step away from something and yeah, yeah. do it and look at it objectively and and a little less biased as you are in that very moment, mm -hmm. uh, and that that works a lot of the time. But then a lot of the time it's great to be. And I'm usually got a photo on my phone mm -hmm. of half done painting, and all day I'm just trying. Yeah, for for me that break is sleeping. Like I'm, I and like I know it too consciously. Like when I go to sleep, I'm just like I, I'm looking forward to, like seriously to like see it in the morning light and and to look at it again. But yeah, during the day, if I'm awake, if I've just painted something, like I cannot let it go. I just obsess until I can go to sleep and then look at it again. Um, yeah. But yeah, I know. But I know exactly what you're talking about. So many people recommend getting away from it. Or, or again, like retreating it to like a very back end of some great distance so you can see it far away or flipping it upside down and again, keep changing your perspectives, which maybe one day I should dabble in. But for now, it's just, uh, you know, deep contemplation of this image. I think you got to kind of follow your instinct on that. And if I've definitely had many times where my instinct is get away from this thing, stop looking mm -hmm. at it, not close. You're not even close to something that is cool mm -hmm. and nothing that you're doing right now your brain is not in the space clearly you know where you're where you're coming up with anything good mm -hmm. so get away from it because you're just driving yourself down the wrong road even further that's yeah. how sometimes i feel like that and then and you really do have to step away yeah. uh, but i i i i hate that feeling because then you're just like well now i just have a bad painting here <laughs> okay <laughs> Uh, I was always on a schedule point where like, ah, cool, I cracked the code. Yeah. But maybe today is not the day to crack the code. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, even to this day, yeah, they're, they're, they're actually still at my my old apartment, which I still have access to. And I have like a back room there and there's tons of random canvases back there. Some complete, some incomplete, um, some that I'll never attempt to fix again. And then there's like maybe two in particular that are like, halfway there they're old too i mean i probably last painted something like four months ago on one of those or something and i know i want to get it out and, and get it there because it's not it's not um you know it's not at a dead end or anything like that but i, I need to go fetch it and, and try it out again um i was curious you know you're, you're talking about living with paintings were you an art 
collector before you started painting or do you collect other people's art? I do not mm. have a ton of other people's art. Um, for no real reason. Um, yeah, I, 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 um, I guess like I, you know, I live, I'm living in an apartment. Mm. I have limited space. I've painted all around the place. I guess like I feel like it would be a shame having work that that I, I can't do anything with right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I I do I know what you mean. I um I made a kind of error. I um I've always had art, but only a few years ago did I start kind of being like an adult person that made the kind of money to actually purchase art, you know, in not like a super serious way, but like a quasi serious way. And I just went hog wild. And I just filled my old apartment like a salon with like, you know, essentially floor to ceiling, like gallery walls. And then it just continued. And then like that, that room I just mentioned a second ago, it's filled with just all this work that can't be hung, etc. And I probably went through this kind of manic episode of roughly like a year buying tons of art, art that I can't display. And then, like you said, I had this epiphany of feeling like I've made a horrible mistake and I've, I've, I've bought this art that is just like tragically stored away and it cannot be hung. And so I will stop like entirely cold turkey until I can like properly display it. And now I've moved into this house with plenty of walls, but unfortunately my aesthetic has changed slightly. And instead of putting all the art up, I've just kind of curated my very favorite pieces and I'm giving them lots and lots of space to breathe. And so I still have this giant bundle of art. I wish there was a way to kind of uh, give it to people almost in a way, or, or, or I mean, I'd potentially sell it, but I'd rather almost like, again, just run yeah. it to folks who want it. Well, ideally it's foresight to an even bigger house one day. Yeah, maybe. But... I, I I honestly worry. I mean, like this house is, is fairly large. I mean, I, again, I have just tons of random paintings. I went into a manic I, episode. I, I and purchased. Thing too, but I also think like, for myself personally, I'm kind of glad that I didn't start um, acquiring too much art much younger because mm. my taste has developed a lot, I think, over the yeah. last five years. And that if I had a lot of art that I thought was cool, <laughs> it'd be humiliating. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to do anything with this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I know exactly what you mean. I, I most certainly have a maybe maybe a dozen to 20 pieces that are just undisplayable just make no yeah. sense of like why i purchased this i don't know what I, and this wasn't long ago this was like three years ago i can't throw it out or anything like what am i gonna do hey no again you feel bad to throw it out that's why i wish i could gift it to some you know some teenager that drinks mountain dew or something whatever like headspace i was in when i was purchasing some of these things i don't know what i was doing but uh but yeah again now i feel like i've I'm in like a I'm in a phase of maturing slightly, so I'm pretty happy with with some of the stuff I have right now. But um, I, I also was I was interested in buying art from around the world in a way, and I think slowly there's a part of me that's becoming interested in purchasing art that's a bit more concentrated and local, just because I've become so acquainted with the local artists who work here, but I'm not entirely sure if I would have make that rule for myself. Of, of, yeah, of I collecting think uh, you can go like a, in a, in a, in a space, you can say I'm going to be super hyper cohesive and all, but I mm. also think like, you know, if you just lean into like, this is great. Mm -hmm. 
It's not really very much like the one on the other side of the room, mm-hmm. but they're both awesome pieces. Yeah. And uh, that holds its ground itself. So on that note, again, as I was kind of examining your Instagram over the last few days, firstly, I feel as though at some point, seemingly, let me take a gander here, it's something like, there's like little hiccups of it. But again, for, for you only painting this one year, it seems like what month right around may may june something like that you broke past something and again it's not it's not as though what was being painted before that was bad at all it was simply a different style and it seemed like the style took a type of turn and an acceleration and the way that you were rendering images just kind of again, had this big phase change. And again, there, it's seeming, seemingly right around the month of May, 2023. It's like the paintings before that are in a lower resolution and are less blended in a way and images uh, are kind of... Well, that was about when I started painting the oil. Oh, okay. okay. As opposed to the oil. Um, and then also... That's when I started painting bigger paintings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I, the- I, 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 most of the paintings that I had done before I started playing with oil were no bigger than eight by 10, probably. Mm-hmm. They're all relatively small. So you only have so much control over painting this big, mm-hmm. especially when you do figurative stuff, which it can still be very cool, of course. But, um, yeah, I think um, I don't, I only did a couple small ones when I was doing when I started painting with oil before just being like, you know, what, I'm just going to go off now. Mm-hmm. And um, it allowed me some of the techniques that I even developed in those first couple months of painting with oil allowed me to do a lot of things like blending and, and some of the textures that I just couldn't figure out with acrylic. Yeah. There are great acrylic painters out there. Yeah. But um, there, I just was like immediately like, oh, cool. Like this is doing all the things that I was struggling with. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like a cheat. And again, like it literally, it's the very first time. Again, I have no idea if anyone will ever listen to my conversations, but if, if there is anyone who's painting currently with acrylic and is interested in entertaining painting, uh, painting with oils, I mean, it is, I mean, within 90 seconds, you will immediately be like, ah, I, even if it's not for you exactly, you'll understand why people prefer it. Yeah, it it just works with yeah. you. Yeah. Um. And not against you. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it does work against you, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So a moment ago when we were talking about great paintings, one thing that I did want to mention, there's several paintings, again, that have that you've executed seemingly after this previous summer. But yeah. one thing that I will mention is that, and again, I'm not sure if it is a title or just um, a thought that you publish with images, but just this once I swear this painting in particular. 
I, if, if anyone, again, uh, you know, I, I recommend people to check out your Instagram and follow you, but I would consider this effectively a perfect painting. Like oh. I adore this painting. I adore the image and it is so terrific in, I mean, effectively every way that I want to critique an image. I mean, and then when I discovered its scale, because I think you have another image of it, if I'm not mistaken, like yeah. embedded in an environment. Um, yes, yes. Again, and then when I saw the scale, it's like, oh, it's, it's even better now. But this image in particular is terrific. I, I wish I could kind of understand the way you were thinking about certain things. Again, there's certain things I see in this that is, are, are a bit familiar for myself, the way I'm attracted to particular images. I mean, and again, but this is obviously is your work, but I mean, there's the, I mean, the, the geometry of it, like the way it is cropped in frame, the proportion of, you know, leg to skirt to, you know, shoulders, the, um, the, the, the color of it is radically attractive in the sense of you have these beautiful greens, you have these natural kind of flesh tones, you have these, you know, really um, kind of this rich brown on her uh, seemingly a hose. And then out of nowhere, there is this red arm, which is just like, again, it's I, 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 for anyone, you know, needs to check out your Instagram and look at this image. It's a terrific painting. And then this really subtle kind of nude background. Again, the cheekiness of her, her pulling her own shirt up, et cetera. This kind of, uh, this, I'm not sure, this um, mysterious kind of look on her face. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but just nonchalant, looking off exactly. And, and you see this image. And again, everything about her, just the way her shoulders hang. I just adore this image. But also, in particular, which I very much like, and I would be very curious, is to see exactly what is going on with the background it, it, it but what i mean to say is the um the application of material on surface uh, it's something that i really really like about painting i like paintings to be paint in in not just be an image but be a, you know a a complex of paint on a surface and again the like just the fucking tremendous brush strokes that you're seeing on this woman's skirt and her thigh and then this kind of chunkiness of the background, which I mean, apparently maybe is, is palette knife with something. Um, but again, th there's a few, there's a few paintings in particular, this one, uh, I'm too shy to talk to you. And uh, well, I'm here now, you know, I think these are all three just really, really stellar paintings. But I, and again, it's, it's hard, I, I could probably kind of wax interest on I'm too shy to talk to you as well. But like, in, in particular, uh, just this once, I swear, it's a it's such a great painting. Um, and if for people who like painting, I, I definitely recommend they check out your Instagram and view this painting again. Like just the the um yikes, how to describe it? The um what is what is the turn of phrase I'm looking for? Effortlessness in which you've rendered the role of her sleeves and the role of her shirt above her chest. It's it's such a great resolution. You know, it, it it almost appears realistic. And then when you notice how simple the gesture is, you go, wow, <laughs> tremendous. And then again, there's then, then this this kind of almost non-existent 
glowing red forearm. Again, it, it's a tremendous painting. I, I, I'm not sure if this is the first image uh, I saw of you that that made me follow you. I cannot recall, but um, but again, I just I feel like whatever is going on here is really really terrific, and I hope that this logic uh, follows through in a way, and and that you can keep and keep, keep putting your finger on the pulse of okay. of things that are are uh, expressed in this image here, but I, I very much like it. And again, we don't even have to to go on about this image or you, you don't need to say anything about it. But when we talk about, you know, great work, or again, work, work that, that someone should be so excited to live with in particular is, 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 I think is what my first thought was like, but I see this and I know if this was hanging somewhere where I could purchase it, I would be freaking out and I'd be like, you know, Rachel, we're making, we're making space somewhere. Like I must, again, it, it's one of those images that would haunt me if I couldn't, if I had the opportunity to buy it and couldn't buy it, I would think about it for forever, which has happened to me on a couple instances now. Uh, but again, if anyone, uh, anyone who's listening to this should absolutely uh, check out your Instagram and uh, view this image. Um, but again, I feel like it's, it's right around this time that, Again, like you said, your adoption of oil that really um, helps you put your. Yes, that was probably that was one of the first couple larger pieces that I did, mm -hmm. uh, and so there is a little bit of a naivety to approaching something big like that. Mm -hmm. Just you know, being able to being able to take do strokes that are so loose but also still so defined that i felt like i couldn't achieve before mm -hmm. um and that and, and to elaborate on like you know it is paint and like that is something that i want to make really apparent in anything that i'm doing is mm -hmm. like i don't want to disguise this as a yeah. photograph yeah or, yeah of the sort there are really defined moments in most of my paintings um and i'm attracted to that and i kind of always have been but i want there to be a dichotomy between like you know something so defined but then something that is so clearly made by a human being mm -hmm. um and uh and i think yeah, you just, um, you know, the interesting, you, so you, you have like, I didn't mean for that arm to be red. Hmm. I meant to be an underpaint. And okay. to, to, for the arm to be, for the arm to be more, just to be a little bit red. Mm hmm. But then I saw it and I was like, that's fucking sweet. <laughs> yeah, it is. It truly is. And for anyone, again, who's listening, please go look at the image and you will also agree that it is fucking sweet. <laughs> I mean, it, it, for anyone who likes paintings, I feel like this painting, it, it's, and someone brought it to my attention a couple of years ago, a local painter who I like very much, Mead Maxwell Mitchell. And we were looking at a painting together and he he pointed at, at a thigh of a figure and just said, look at this giant splash of purple. Like, what the fuck is it doing there? 
And, and it, it, you know, when he said that, it kind of jarred something in me of the liberty of painting. And I think it's something that was easier for me to appreciate in film. You know, you see films and every now and then a director just says, hey, this is a film, so be prepared to not witness reality. And, and that's something that's so great about painting. Every now and then you see something and you go, you know, what a what a fun, fun liberty. And and, and again, it's not just the it's not just the novelty uh which makes it tremendous but again it's 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 in constellation with other decisions you've made particularly color and everything but again it's just i don't know it's just a really warm jovial uh image that i like very much i think that well the reason i'm spoiling myself with a little bit like the, the, the fact that that wasn't intentional feeling mm. so on a mystery here but is is the idea that you have to exercise the ability to say like that's fine or it's mm -hmm. cool what it is and to not keep going yeah because you maybe had a different vision i had a different mm -hmm. vision but then to go well that's great the way it is don't mess it up yeah you know um where to stop is such a valuable skill you can paint for the you have to paint one painting for the rest of my life if i wanted to and just and never stop messing with it. Yeah. But that's cool. Stop messing with it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that happens instantly. You yeah. do a little. Well, that was great. Walk away. Walk away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 this is something when, when when we were talking about when you leave a painting to linger and you're contemplating it. I mean, that's really that's the tug of war that's going on in your head is, is, you know, is the entire thing done? Should I keep working it? Is this element done? Should I keep working it? And I mean, several times I've really just botched something because I went back to it and I shouldn't have. It did too much. And I think, um, but it does sometimes make you redirect some of the other choices that you make because now they don't, there's no connection. there. Mm -hmm. So now I got to go, okay, well, how do I make this look connected mm. how am i connecting the dots here color wise or texture wise or something but you know you have to then you have to, there's a hierarchy there it's like is this thing that i ju that just happened more important than the other thing that i thought i was done with and that was already cool mm. how do i connect those dots or do i have to change something to make them feel connected yeah. yeah. How do you go about um, acquiring references? Um, I just find photographs that I like, and I often change the colors, change people's hair color, um, change the background, the, the where they're at sometimes. Mm. But um, really what I'm leaning into is someone's, is like an expression. That's something yeah. that I like is, or, or someone's body language. Mm -hmm. It's either body language or an expression that I'm attracted to, you know, in a reference photo maybe that I just stumble across somewhere. Um, and that, and, and, and my intention is never to make it look like that person really. Yeah. And that's what's wonderful about painting people that you don't know hmm. and probably will never know is that somebody else would go, well, that doesn't look like Jeff. Yeah. So yeah. who cares? They don't know who this person is. No one will ever know who this person is. 
So if it doesn't quite look like that person, that doesn't matter. It's now we're just looking at it like its own. It's now it's its own and en entity, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's its own expression. Yeah, this is exactly why commissions are such a major, major pain in the neck that sometimes people don't understand. Um, and it, it just like you said, it's like when you're painting from an unfamiliar reference, it lands on a human face and it's its own entity. And people see it and they register it. And it's just, there's no, uh, again, there's no point of reference there. Uh, and then when it comes to commissions or paying someone you know, there's a radically intimate point of reference there. And it, it it's registering as flawed and errored here and there. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's such a trouble. And, and what I, and what can be challenging about that, and I don't do a lot of that, but um, there's an immediate judgment. As soon as you see a painting of somebody you know, mm -hmm. is does that look enough like, the person that it's supposed to be. Yeah. That's the very first thing, no matter who you think you are, whether you are, how invested in art you are, you first thing you think about is does that look like that person? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's not, well, that's not really, that's kind of dysfunctional, but that's just the way our brain is working. It's just, I mean, it's obvious why that's yeah. what we think, but like, I don't want somebody, I don't want to paint. That's why I would never, I'm not trying to do like, really, I'm just not, I'm not trying to like paint anybody that anybody would know. For the yeah. Most part. yeah, yeah, that's. Um, it's just, I don't want somebody to look at it and go immediately comparing it to something else. Yeah. Like, that's not even a painting. Mm-hmm. No, I do know. I do know what you mean. I mean, I think that's a, a combination. Earlier, when you were saying you don't want to look something to look like a, a photograph, I, I totally agree. I think there's like a really fine band that realism or hyper realism can land in, where it's making sense to me of why it's happening at all. But but typically, I think it's a peculiar choice for painting, and, and then same thing with painting uh, familiar people or celebrities, and then the intersection of this of painting hyper-realistic celebrities is something that really immediately you think of a kiosk at a mall. Are you familiar yeah. with what I'm talking about? Yeah. And like the, the people will have like a colored pencil or a pastel and they're like, it's Kobe Bryant. And I'm just like, yeah. that's, I'd never want to do that. <laughs> Please, you know, yeah, yeah. Stay away from that. No, exactly. And I feel like, I mean, I'm trying to, to, to settle into a place where there's like a balance between yeah, you know, it, it it is paint. It looks like paint. It feels like paint. But there's something so familiar about it because it is so distinctly. I know what that feeling. I see that expression, and I and I and I think I know how that person feels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, way that somebody's slouching, somebody's body language, and you can assign it to whatever you want because everybody, you know, you just think like. Oh man, like I I sat like that, mm -hmm. and I and when I felt like that when I sat like that. Yeah, yeah. Again, you you also do a really good job again at, at kind of curating these references and choosing really interesting. I, I guess I guess it's called composition or subject. Um, but again, just it's it's all very you know alluring and kind of um, it's it's like a. Uh, it's it, it's a story kind of captured in a single image. You know, the, the person is is embedded in some sort of emotional drama, and 
that's communicated with their expression and their, but again, like you said, their, 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 their pose and their body language. And there's so much happening in, in a single still image. And again, it's you've done such a tr tremendous job for such a short period of time. Again, I'm like, so interested and fascinated with, you know, what, you're going to, you know, come up with in short time. O on that note, do you have any like projects coming up? Like, are you planning to show or are there already people who are uh, trying to like get their hands on what you've painted thus far? Um, so I, I am selling pieces, but I am holding back a lot of stuff because I do want it because I, I want to do a show and mm -hmm. I've never done a show. And I plan on doing one sooner than later, but kind of now I'm watching my work develop and mm -hmm. as it develops, things that I would potentially want to include in a show six months ago. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't really know about that one anymore. Yeah. It's it's this moving scale of like. Well, okay, you know, I want to have 25 pieces. And then now you get to 25 and you go, well, those eight of them I don't really like anymore. Yeah. So that's kind of where that's my struggle a little bit. But um, but yes, I do want to have a show very much. So um I think about it all the time. Does your um experience in the music industry and the music network lend any advantage to converting and, and getting yourself embedded in an art network? Um, I think, yeah, I would say so. I think, um, you know, of, after years of being in just like, you know, playing music in a, in a, in a community, I, I find that like, uh, I've I've been able to surround myself with really encouraging artists, mm. which is really cool. And I think that that's a little bit. Um, there's, I guess, what I would say is that there's less um, competition in in the art community as there is in music. Mm. There's less status and clout involved um and so for that reason um people are just doing their thing um i i think um but this is all very new to me in terms of like what an industry looks like so i don't to be honest i don't really know a lot about um what it looks like to have a show and uh and what that industry looks like uh, and i would like to I would like to say is like, yeah, you do great work and you get to go have a cool show and people buy it and then that's wonderful. And then you go on and do it again in, in a year and a half or something. Yeah. But knowing after knowing music, you know, knowing the way that the music industry works so well, um, it's just not that simple. Being yeah. good, being good and being successful and having a career or something don't necessarily correlate. Yeah. Um, not saying that that I can't or that I won't, but I'm just saying I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised to discover that if I, that having a show becomes more complicated than I thought it would be because just because, oh yeah, like people like my work and I, I should be able to have a show. And, that, and I guess like what I'm saying is like, 
uh, I don't expect it to be that simple because music's not that simple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I know, I know nothing about uh, the music industry. Uh, I, I assume there must be some similarity there, but I mean, with art, and again, I'm, I'm speaking from a place of naivete. I, I don't, uh, I'm not any sort of accomplished painter, but I, I do assume that it, it depends on the scale of show, but my assumption is that, that if you're referring to like beta galleries and such, and it definitely, it, and again, similar to music, I would assume there's certainly a type of political dimension. And again, being persona grata in very particular networks. Um, and, and then it's just the brass tacks of, do you make popular um, and lucrative work and are the right people interested in you individually are the right people interested in purchasing it uh, purchasing this and you know it, it's interesting too because if if you follow really um successful artists sometimes uh that because i mean i i view the the art world so much through instagram as a platform and it's interesting to see the delta between two different kind of successful artists with a lot of inertia behind them some of them have six figure followers, you know, and then some, some of them have, you know, 1.2 thousand followers or something like that. It's like this really small little network looking at them, but you're like, oh, this guy is like, look, look at where his work is, you know? So again, my, my notion is that my, my assumption, it's really the network behind the scenes in the way it's like, it's, it's the circles they're running in or giving them a green light. What I've also found is like, you know, the way that social media has in like influenced me it's so positively it's allowed me to see so much great work i mean every day i'm just just scrolling through incredible work and um you know at moments you know it's a little discouraging just don't like look at these look at what some of these people are doing mm. it's incredible there and then and i just think like man like i don't even not that I'm trying to, it's it's not competitive at all, but it's just like, and then you look at, you look at something you did that, you, that maybe wasn't one of your best and you just go, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. But like, um, but I am really proud of so many of the things that I've made. And then I go out into the real world when I go to some gallery and I see some, I see people's work and I go, what is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When I go home, you know, uh, of course I can do a show. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know, I know exactly what you mean. Um, it particularly depends on uh, different, um, I guess, different genre of art or whatnot. For me, the thing I'm always rolling my eyes at are like these large scale sculpture. Like, yeah. I feel like, I, I don't know what it is about that. <laughs> I feel like there's so many large scale sculptors that are just like, I went to a junkyard, I found some stuff, I've soldered it together, here yeah. it is. And there's like, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah it? 12 feet tall. Yeah. So what am I going to do with this? <laughs> uh, but it's just like, the, it is just like, you know, scrolling through social media and thinking everybody's hot mm. so everybody yeah so we'll go down to the pub <laughs> yeah. um one thing is is have you um become familiar with other painters at this point um do you mean like friendly with? yeah like like do you know other painters 
Um, a, a couple not of like, not of huge status or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I think, uh, I, I have had people follow me and reach out to me that are, um, really great painters mm. and people who, you know, whenever I see somebody, you know, if somebody follows me or writes me or even just likes a, likes a, a painting, um, that is like a, a notable painter. I'm like, okay, cool. Like I'm onto something here. Mm -hmm. That's like, that's super encouraging because you're like, oh, people with taste that I respect are being encouraging to me. Mm -hmm. That's really exciting. Um, but um, yeah, like for the same reason you said, like it, it's pretty, um, it can be a little political mm -hmm. uh, to get into, you know, a click, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't even know exactly how that is possible at the moment. I, my assumptions you probably have to. You living in LA is probably advantageous, certainly. But me living in Roanoke, Virginia, I don't think I can <laughs> ever be in a clique per se. But I was curious, just like if you've met enough painters in the way to compare the nuance between musicians and painters, maybe an attitude. Maybe that's too silly a question, but like you know, both musicians and painters, I feel like must be similar in a way because they're people who are, I think kind of in a way throw caution to the wind and chase a type of creative dream that, you know, it, it's it's the kind of thing that I feel like almost maybe, maybe with the exception of you, but most people's parents would say, do not do that. That is not a real idea. Yeah. Like, absolutely not. Um, and so in, in, in the way they're similar, but then again, like also, like you mentioned earlier, a, a lot of painters are the people who retreat uh by themselves to a room to express them express themselves unilaterally and musicians are the folks who like to collaborate and then get on a stage and have people cheer for them and, and then like you know yeah. so what's what's that what's that nuance like um there is definitely more humility in the in at least with the artists that i've surrounded myself with especially the great artists that mm -hmm. i know um they're really um just like introspective and down to talk about and critique not in like a negative way but to boost things up and um and um really encouraging and want an incredible discussion i know i know musicians like this too but like there's a lot of status maybe i just because i'm also just deeper into that community mm -hmm. the status and um the clout that's involved with music is really dysfunctional and part of that might be because your personality is so much more involved in your musical project yeah okay you're taking a lot of photos of yourself you're doing photo shoots. You're doing, yeah, and you're, you're getting on stage and you're, people are screaming and they want to take pictures with you. And like, these are the things that get involved in music. Whereas art, you don't have to be pretty. Mm -hmm. You get to do something and you put it up on a wall and people don't really care um, what your hair looks like. And nobody cares um, 
about much else really. Mm. Uh, and so I think that that shapes, but it's also, you know, these are people that I like have chosen to, you know, befriend as opposed to like, I don't know if I went and stood in line to get into some lavish gallery and I got to meet somebody and, and then, then I discovered that they're not so much like that. Uh, that I guess that would be such a surprise either. Yeah. But um, I, well, I just what I'm saying is like these are people that I'm that I'm choosing to make my friends mm -hmm. based on also their personality type in general. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Uh, just just a considering the music real quick. You mentioned earlier that you're in like the second half of producing an album. Or, or in like the final stage or something? So I'm in a band and it's called Dear Boy. Mm -hmm. And um, we are, we're making our second full length. And this and, and the first half we've done here in LA, but we're going to be making the second half in New York. And what I'm really excited about that, one of the reasons I'm really excited about doing that is because um, you get to, you have to completely submerge yourself in the creative experience by being in a different place and that reason that you're in that other place is exclusively to make something interesting you know and it's one reason i don't paint sometimes when i don't have enough time in my day is because when you're in your own environment and you're making stuff whether it's music or art like you've got you know you got one foot in the in your real life and so you you know okay well i have to leave in an hour and a half do i really mm -hmm. want to die to this right now yeah so to be somewhere and go well, the only reason i'm here is to is to make this thing is is the decision to go finish the album in new york is there some sort of like utilitarian reason why you need to do it in New York? Or is it actually inspired by what happens if we take these guys on a field trip that's just about finishing the album? Um, it, it is a little more utilitarian than that. It's uh, the producer that that is making the record with us. He lives in Brooklyn. He's mm -hmm. He's been coming, he's come out here a couple times but we've only been able to work for a few days at a time. And then he goes home, he does works on other stuff. He comes back out here. So for us, for the timeline, it made more sense for us to go out there and then just for us to stay there and then finish it as opposed to him keep coming back out here for a few days at a time. Um, but it is something that I've been trying to do and wanted to do as long as I can remember is just, for it to be a field trip and be, and, and, and your environment will always um, sort of seep into whatever you're making. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, it, it will, will this, I guess, so I think you just answered it, but this will be the first time that you're like going away to, to, to produce. Yeah. It's the first time I've, I've, I think that I've ever done something not in the place that I'm living. Mm. Uh, no, actually, that's not totally true. But I guess from music that I, I, I've gone other places to record for people. But like, 
to to make music that I'm writing and then to go live somewhere else for a couple of weeks and and just be there and do that. Yeah, it's kind of the first time I ever had that experience. And I'm really excited for that. Has your band ever performed outside of the United States? Yeah. Um we've performed um both in Mexico and uh Colombia. Oh, interesting. Uh, which which country were you better received in? Mexico, we were very much well received. Um, they love, they just love uh, rock bands. Hmm. They love guitar music. Mm, yeah. Um, we were actually like kind of astonished that there were all these fans and that people had merch and people had records and all this stuff. And it was like a whole fan base that existed. The first time we went to Mexico city and um, we've been to Mexico city, th city three times now. Wow. That's the rules. It's one of my favorite. It's, it's easily one of my favorite cities in the world. Yeah. I really want to go. I've become fascinated with it in the past couple of years. Uh, the it's just, it's just an, it's just a great culture and it's um it's a really creative place it almost you know mexico city almost feels like europe in some ways um yeah. it's not the mexico that we often like envision of like beaches and margaritas it's not like yeah that. yeah yeah uh, yeah i'm familiar i mean mexico is a, has a very very peculiar uh geography and so again like the heart of mexico is in this super weird I guess like high altitude. I don't know. I guess you still call it Alpine. I'm not sure, but it's like, it's not the coast. It's like, it's this weird fortress um, sprawl. And then the rest of Mexico is like this weird periphery that they seemingly, the, the core of Mexico actually has like a really difficult time interfacing with. I know Mexico from like a geopolitical standpoint is like always radically phobic of like Northern strips of Mexico, either becoming like de facto, like American territories because they have such a hard time project projecting their political power there. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's two completely different worlds. It really mm. is. Um, and it's not like yeah it's not the vacationing mexico that we all that that uh, a lot of people think it is um mexico city is just like it's so rich with culture and food is some of the best food cities i've ever been to mm -hmm. but um yeah you're just like you're like this place is art as soon as i as soon as i'm around so you're like the buildings are blue and the buildings are green and it's super lush and there's murals everywhere and you're like this is just this is just great i would what i really love to do is spend like a month there last i've been there for like a week or so but i'd really love to stay like a month and just you know just paint and have a little apartment yeah that'd be really fascinating i've never done anything like that um one thing that kind of comes to mind, just a random factoid about uh, music and, and art is um, Mexico, I, I think they call it Norteño music, something like this. I mean, it's essentially uh, like mariachi music or whatnot that has like this kind of curious polka sound to it, you know, and the instruments are so, you know, um, again, like European Alpine instruments. And there's a famous painting, I think it's a, a even like a, a strange uh, format diptych by um, 
Manet called the, I think it's called the execution of Maximilian, something like this. And this is a depiction, again, of the Mexican government uh, killing uh, Mexico's, I think, only emperor. And what had gone on is Mexico was in, they had a revolution in, I think, the 1860s, and they deposed a government that was very, um, very uh, warm. Can you see the image? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so the Mexican government had taken out a bunch of European loans and then had a, uh, a revolution and they said, we're not honoring these loans anymore. So Napoleon II, I think, um, was like, that's not going to happen. And so they installed a European monarch in Mexico as an emperor who is a Austrian, I think, and his, his name was Maximilian. And he turned his like his capital in Mexico City into like a little Austria. And he imported tons and tons of Austrian musicians for his court. And then they killed him immediately after. And his musicians all went up north to settle in, in this kind of seeded, that strange polka culture of northern Mexico. It's interesting. And you know, what, something that exists in music that no longer exists or that existed before is really regional music. And mm. I don't mean like broader regional things like what Mexico sounds like in, or I mean, what music sounds like in Mexico or what does French music sound like? But I mean like really micro differences between in genres throughout a country, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's really it's really clear in American music through the up until two thousands, I would say, mm -hmm. where like cities that are hubs of certain genres, yeah. Los Angeles and hair metal and Seattle and grunge and punk in the in New York in the seventies and all these different things that sort of had hubs mm -hmm. and so the internet kind of killed that mm -hmm. with giving people, you know, I don't know for better or worse, but giving people access to be influenced by things from all around the place, as opposed to a time when you were really just kind of influenced by the bands around you in the city, right? You go out, you go out on a Friday night, you see bands and every, every night you go out, you're influenced by these things around you. You don't really know what's going on in Seattle. Yeah. It blows up. Right. And so pre-radio, pre-internet, talking about the 1800s, having these regions around our country like Mexico that have like radically different music, it's like, it's totally plausible. I'm yeah. sure, sure. And then you, and then, you know, you have, I, I'm just imagining that you, you know, you've got, you've got people like that are brought in from Austria and they're playing their Austrian music. But then you, you know, several generations later, that starts to seep out into, you know, neighboring regions and neighboring regions music starts to seep in. So you got all these little sort of microcosms of different genres of sort of influencing each other. Mm -hmm. It happens the same way in art, you know, in painting um, that doesn't really exist anymore because you're so influenced by things from all around the world. 
You used yeah. to not used to see what was right around you. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I mean, 100% true. I mean, like, again, if anyone visiting a museum, you know, it's, it's, they, they, uh, purposefully curated that way. But obviously, yeah, you see such particular genre in time and place, uh, historically. And I guess, yeah, now it's, you know, there's no. I mean, early 1900s, you're in Mexico City, you're a painter, you have no idea what's going on in France. Yeah. You don't have a clue. There's a whole scene going on over there, and vice versa. You have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Until you get that weird little artifact. I know there's that one little factoid about, I think, what, like, I guess, French Impressionists being, they get, like, um, imports from Japan and the, the Japanese boxes, like, the packaging is actually, like, wrapped in this kind of, you know, little kind of graphic images or whatever, and just being, like, utterly fascinated, and it became, like, a strange craze and very um, influential to, like, that French network. Or, you know, if you're lucky enough, you get to travel a little bit, but you don't buy, you know, that long ago that people weren't making really, you know, prints that were accessible to people. Mm. So you go, you can go to France and you'd see things and you'd go home and just be kind of like, it'd still be in, the, in your head, but yeah. like, and that's what you got. Yeah. Yeah, I, that, that really is, that is interesting. I mean, like, I, I guess that's, completely true the inner i mean because i mean i know my influences in painting there, there's one gentleman who paints locally again mead maxwell mitchell who i saw years ago before i started painting who i i focused on but i don't he doesn't post so much so i i can't really um kind of import from him but uh yeah i mean i mean it's it's true in myself as a painter like all the folks who i pay attention to and, and, and try to kind of i guess emulate in my own way or subconscious way are not anywhere near me whatsoever yeah, but you have so much access to them still, and that's yeah. really. But yeah. it doesn't create a cohesive like aesthetic based around a certain city or or you know place in the country like there yeah. once was. But yeah. it's okay. Like it's just that it's just the evolution of it. You know, it's what you can't put the cat back in the bag, really. Yeah. Um, well, I've taken up quite a bit of your time, so I'll, I'll, I'll wind down a, a bit, but, um, let me see here. What do I want to finish on? We've touched. Uh, so, I mean, I suppose like, so now again, like you've made all this progress in 2023, which again is still astounding to me. You're interested in maybe doing a show. Is there anything else involving painting that you're just, uh, I mean, maybe like a type of uh, kind of articulated goal you just have in mind, something you want to do in this upcoming year? I think I think the show is the thing that I'm trying to accomplish this year. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that that's really my goal. And it's entertainable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, th I, I think... Certainly. I mean, again, I, I I find these images completely fascinating. Just just for my own reference, is just this once I swear, is that a painting that has been purchased? It's not purchased. Oh, fascinating. All right. I might be shooting you a message later on to inquire about it. Uh, but... it's, uh, no, it's in a big pile of paintings. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> It's terrible, to hear, terrible to hear. Um, I, I just wonder, is is your most kind of one of your most recent works? Well, I'm here now. Has that been one of your most well received paintings? It has been. Um, it has been probably one of my two. 
It's one of the most well-received paintings. It's also the one of the paintings that I've done that I did the fastest. Hmm. I think I did it in in a, a couple of days. Hmm. Um, and uh, but not for any specific reason. Well, I don't know. I think um, I, I, yeah, like I said, like I cracked the code on it kind of quick. Mm -hmm. But um, it's hard to say why something is well received because I'll do a painting and I'll sit back and go, okay, like I think that that's, that might be as far as I can take this. And that's the best I got here. Mm -hmm. And I'll post it and people go, people think that that's the best thing I've ever done. And then I'll turn around and think, well, here's it. I can't believe I made this. Great job, Austin. And then everybody, and then it's kind of everyone's looking at it, kind of going, "All right, that's, that's cool enough." Yeah. So I, I, I just, I, I guess my, I just come to find that, like, well, what the hell do I know? Yeah. The way that, see, but I've also, but I'm also looking at it along the way, which is forming my opinion of it. Looking at the mess that I make and all the decisions that I've made that maybe weren't the right decisions is forming my opinion of it. So yeah. it's and I have such a biased view of it because there's so many sort of reiterations going on inside there. And you get to look at it and it's all done. And then you get to judge it based on this final product, yeah. um, which is which is more realistic. But I, I have so many filters, so many lenses that I'm seeing each painting through. Yeah, it's a bit like what you said earlier about, you know, the difference between painting someone who's familiar and unfamiliar, you know, you see it and you know, this painting, you know, I don't know it. So I have this kind of, you know, more laissez faire interpretation of it, you know, where, whereas you're like, no, I know this is not what exactly what I had intended, or I know it's, I know it's scars and it's history, this painting. Uh, uh, yeah, just what I was getting at was just that something being well received I can't predict it. Mm -hmm. um, and that was something that I did kind of quick and um, and it was just really well received. And but I'm really appreciative of, of that. I think, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I go through phases where I think, I do things and I don't think that they're that exciting. And then, you know, I, I and I am a human and therefore like I need that encouragement. Yeah. When you say that, something that comes to mind is your experience with music and you say you don't know how things are going to be received. And, you know, we, you talked earlier about you and your pals just um, kind of storming a, a song together in a way and you're all judging it. And then, you know, you have your, again, your kind of tiny network curation and then you introduce it to the world and it's kind of do you like it or were, I mean, we liked it, like, but were we all for the, for the broader, uh, for the broader public? I mean, have you, I guess my, my guess is the answer, it must be yes, but have you ever just had uh, a song that y'all guys came up with where you were like, this is it. Like, we love this, this song rules and will be one of our well, most well-received songs. And it just completely did not catch absolutely. on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that you're just so close to it. Anytime you make something, you're so close to it, mm -hmm. and you, you know, you you're aware of 
all the intricacies and all the things. And you did so much problem solving to make it work. And then um, somebody just look at it and like they get it all in one second. And it's like, you know, I don't know. When it comes to music, at least, I find that when I live with something longer, I tend to, you know, become more connected with it. That's obvious to say, but I feel like if if I take if I look at a painting and you go, all right, that's yeah, and that's pretty sick, and then you go and then move on, right? Mm -hmm. That was good, and I like that painting. But there you go. But if I sit there and I really dive into it and dig into it, and look at all the little, every little nook in there, then it's like, well, maybe I really like this painting. Yeah, this is actually, I think, above all other um, characters, the reason why collecting vinyl music is so um advantageous is because you know tip, you, there's just pandora and there's mixtapes and you're just hearing these singles and then sometimes people delve into the full digital album and they might throw it in their car and keep it on repeat and become familiar with the album in that way vinyl albums are that step to an even higher degree where it's so intentional and it's you know, it, it again, it's just it's radically intentional. And so you become familiar with this entire body of work. And, and again, just like you said, and I mean, there's been it, it's it's funny just how, you know, sometimes you might buy an album because there's these few songs that you like on it. And there's songs you've heard before that didn't really hit. But then in the experience of becoming familiar with the album in that particular format, everything kind of starts to change. And, and those songs that you first thought were great, like, okay, they're still good, but it's actually this one song that I, it slowly, you know, it's steeped, you know, like, and I became more and more familiar. And now it's like, it's this song, like, this is the song that, it, you know, yeah. is, is rules. Like when it comes to purchasing music and, and by, by like, when I was a teenager and I bought, and, and you have the little money that you do, mm -hmm. and Go buy a CD because it was the because because you heard a song or two that you liked. Mm -hmm. you get home and you and you put it on, then you go, all right, well, like, those couple of songs are cool, but the rest of it I'm kind of indifferent on. It doesn't really do anything for you. And then you go, well, I spent the eighteen dollars on it, which is the only money I had for the whole week or whatever, right? And then you go, I guess I'll probably listen to it more, right? Yeah. I might as well. And then you listen to it a couple of passes around. You go, oh, actually, that song that I didn't really care about much. Now I've listened to it four times. That song's pretty good. Yeah. And then, you know, like a month later, it's like your favorite thing. Yeah. Best record in the world. <laughs> you don't give it the chance. You don't, you know, like when things are free and they're so accessible, mm -hmm. if it doesn't, if it's not really impactful right away, then it's we're not inclined to give it another chance mm -hmm. just next yeah no no i totally agree and, and unfortunately when i was a kid just like you said i would kind of stumble into to giving albums a fair shake but as an adult i've like you know made it a practice to like really try and give full albums a fair shake but i will I'll end our chat with this question here, kind of on that subject. Obviously, uh, when I finish this, I'll have to explore your music and look up your band, Dear Boy. And when I do that, the internet is going to spit out kind of popular tracks. In that, 
in that exploration, is there one or two tracks that it's not going to get, you know, blurted out at me that you're like, give this one a listen because this one didn't, it wasn't so popular, but I, this, this is great. Um, probably one of my favorite songs as a listener is called The Nominee. Okay. Um, it came about very organically. It comes about, it came about the way that you want, well, that we think of the songs come about in, in movies and stuff. Yeah. And, and it never really does. Yeah. Because even the rights music knows that this isn't usually how it goes. But what it was, was really like you're in a band practice and I do this little thing, just fooling around. And somebody goes, wait, what is that? And you're like, oh man, I'm just messing around. And they're like, no, dude, let's do something with that. And then like a song forms. Yeah. Then the and montage kicks in. Yeah. want to pretend that all music, how all music is written. So yeah. What is that? And it's like, but that was very real. That's what it was. Um, and it became a song and it became, um, yeah, it's just, it's just a song that uh, is really cozy to me. In a way. Okay. Word. Awesome. Well, I will absolutely be giving it a listen here just shortly as I start to prepare my dinner, sir. But thank you so much for your time. Thank you for chatting. Uh, you know, uh, very, very fortunate to have had the opportunity uh, to talk to you. Very fascinating um, history, again, you're, with your parents and kind of almost making that connection with painting at an early age and then getting kind of pushed off the path and then coming back to it with such potential there, you know, just kind of waiting in the vault and then again just the progress for one year it's it's so clear that this is something that you'll be very good at you know um and again i i, I look forward to continue following you and i look forward for you landing the show this year and again thank you so much for spending a bit of time chit-chatting well thank you for having me yeah awesome man. i will be reaching out at some point when i actually get all these published i just want like a little stable of them before i publish them but it should be soon and i'll let you know well let me know i'll request awesome thank you so much man right, later later